Right. I was recently, so I'm in the midst of purchasing a Bugatti. kind of happened on an accident. I was driving my Ferrari 812 Superfast from London back through Germany and I saw the Bugatti sign and I wanted to go in there to look at them and they wouldn't let me in because there's too many shit munchers who come and pretend they want to buy Bugattis. Shit munchers come and go, oh, I want to buy a Bugatti and really they're just wasting everyone's time and they don't really actually want to buy anything. So that annoyed me. They thought I was a shit muncher. So I was like, I'm not a shit muncher. Google me. I'm fucking rich. I convinced them I was a G and all the cars I have, blah, blah, blah. And then they finally put me down with someone who's important, which was the head of regional sales for Bugatti in Europe. Blah, blah, blah. Accidentally ended up buying a Bugatti. So it's a process and you have to go through a bunch of crap to actually get the car. But one of those things is uh, test driving today. You have to go and drive the cars. You have to prove you're competent. I'm sure you can get away with it if you're like an Arab sheikh or a billionaire oligarch. But people like me, if we want to order one, we have to prove we can drive a Chiron. So... I went, and in between the driving test days, there's these dinners at night, and you're sitting around with all the other Bugatti owners. And I realized something which is really, really important, because people, I mean, I've been to a lot of high-level events, a lot of high-level dinners, sat with a lot of rich people, blah, blah, blah. But when you go to a Bugatti dinner, it's interesting because, you know, everybody there is extremely rich, but they're all from different backgrounds. You have some people who are just daddy's money, some people who have made their own money in real estate, some people who have made their own money doing X, Y, Z. Then you have the Bugatti guys themselves who are trying to sell cars and work for the brand. And they have a very unique life. Of course, if you work for Bugatti, you have a very unique life. And I realized that 90% of the conversations that were taking place at this dinner were simply stories. So the guy who sold the Bugattis was telling stories of the time he was selling a Bugatti in Bahrain, and the sheikh thought it would be funny to lock him in his tiger's cage, for example. The other guy who was buying a car along with me was an older guy, and he was telling the story of the time he went into East Germany during communism in the 70s. And then I'm telling my stories, like you've seen on Tate's speech, of getting robbed in Jamaica. So he pulls up at this club, the best club in Jamaica, blah, 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 blah. We go in there. I am mixed race. I may as well have been Ed Sheeran up in this motherfucker. It was black. I'm not being racist. I'm saying it was black. The, the, the music was black. The lights were low. You couldn't see nobody's face. It was just black. Everyone in there probably had a gun. I'm standing there completely out of place. For the sex party. Well, right, I'm going to tell you about the time I went to a sex party in Cannes in France, in the French Riviera. Knowing what I know now, what basically happened is I got selected by a taxi driver to be one of the bulls, like one of the big bad boy who fuck all the women. That's what I'd been selected to do. So we're sitting there, and as the couples would come in, like a man would walk in with his wife. I thought he was introducing himself to people, but no, he was introducing his wife to people. It clocked. It's like, ah, okay, I see what's going on. And then in the corner, there was a door, and up the door, the door to depravity, there was bedrooms. None of this is 1% appealing to me. I do not find this sexually attractive or arousing in any regard. I just want to get out of here in one piece. This is weird. This is some hills have eyes shit. So we're sitting there. I've had like four or five drinks by now. And the more I drink, the less I want to fuck. I'm not getting drunk and going, yay. I'm getting drunk and thinking, nah. We were the, the Transnistria, all the crazy things I've been through. 
Problem is, on that overnight train, I nearly got robbed. That train is completely mafia run. So like, how the fuck do we get out? All the planes are booked for another week. We don't want to take the train again because of what happened the first time. It's a war zone. It's a fucking war. We're chilling. I see someone out the side of the car. Blacked out. Head to toe black. Get out the car, get out the car. Me and Tristan look at each other like, for fuck's sake. Like, we should have known better. Shit's about to go down. We just got the car with our hands up. They got guns pointed at us. We're like, yeah, well, what, who the fuck are you? Like, this is more than just a routine robbery. They even had our Mr. fucking rally driver at gunpoint. And it turns out that at the highest echelons of society, you will always be liked and you'll always be able to fit in if you have an interesting story and if you can tell it well. The thing is about most people is most people don't have interesting stories. And even if they do have a story which could be interesting, they can't tell it. They're not very good at storytelling in general. So they can't portray the emotions involved. They can't portray the fear or the humor or whatever else. But that was my observation. I kind of always knew this to be true, but I sat there and after three hours of dinner, I realized all we did was basically take turn telling cool stories. And this is what rich people, cool people, interesting people who live interesting lives do. They have stories to tell. And inside of the war room, which is my private network, I was speaking to the war room guys and I said, okay, tell me your best story. Not only to see what their story is, but also to see how they tell it. And it turns out that if you're ever looking to reach the higher echelons of life, if you're ever looking to be around very important people, if you ever want to feel respected amongst the most financially affluent individuals in the world, you need to not only be able to listen, of course, and have some kind of reasonable input to an uh, insane story about being locked in a tiger's cage while trying to sell uh, one of the Bahrainian princes of Bugatti, you also need to have a story which rivals that. So if you're sitting here watching this, my question is, what is your best story? And I'm actually interested in hearing your best story. So what you can do is, there's an email address below. I want you to tell it on video. I don't want you to type it out to me. Make a video, tell me your best story, and email it to me. And I'm going to watch every single one of these, and I'm going to give you a score out of 10. Consider this me doing some philanthropic work. I'm going to give you a score out of 10 to let you know how good your storytelling is. My storytelling is obviously fantastic. That's why you watch this channel. My stories are obviously fantastic. I've lived a very interesting life. But most of you people have boring lives and you can't tell stories. But if you want to test yourself, just in case you ever believe you're going to be in the higher echelons of society in future and you're going to need to be able to break out your story to entertain a table full of multimillionaires, because that's what you're doing. When you get your story out, you're entertaining a table of multimillionaires who live extremely exciting lives. If you want your story tested, then make a video, email it to the email address below, and I'll tell you how good it is.